So the mortgage is due. The car payment's due. What do you do when the baby is due? Enter Life Stage Finance, a brand new concept pioneered by the great people at Storecard. And today on Dave and Darm Demystify, we'll be speaking with one of the co-founders of Storecard, Bruce Panaman. From the studios of NMD Plus in the UK and US comes the Dave and Darm Demystify show. Armed and mystify show, making sense of the world of fintech and digital finance. Sit back and listen as the two Ds take a subject and chat it through to make it clearer and easier to understand. And now, here are your hosts, Dave Wallace and Dar Mystery. Demystify. Welcome to the Dave and Darm Demystify show. And this week, we also have a really special guest from Stalkcard, Bruce Panaman, CEO. I met just over a year ago. So a lot's happened in that year. It's been a crazy year, right, Bruce? Oh, definitely. You know, back then we were face to face having a coffee together. You know, miss those times. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, Dave, you've not met Bruce, right? So, Bruce, do you want to just tell everybody, you know, a little bit about you and what is Stalkcard? Firstly, thank you very much for having me on. It's great to be here chatting to you guys. So my name's Bruce Panaman, and I'm one of the co-founders of Stortcard. My background is very much a technical one and very much a data science one. Most of my career so far has been spent at edtech startups designing machine learning algorithms that learn how people learn different languages like French and Spanish and Italian and how to kind of put content together in the right way to make sure that people can become fluent faster. The thing I loved about this was the social impact you have. It's something I don't think enough people get to really enjoy in their jobs. And I love seeing people enhance their lives, learn new language, change their life for the better. And I could see the impact I was having day by day by looking at people become more fluent, people sharing their certificates and just people doing more things that they were disabled to do. So this has always kind of forward myself onto different business ventures and different things that make an impact. So when I met my business partner, Andres, who was really trying to solve this issue of financial hardship and family financial health you know, around the issues of having a kid, it really, really spoke to me. This is my very first thing in finance. So before this, my assumption was, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, big glass building in London. You know, you've got the braces on and the two-tone shirt and everyone's just working hard as they can to buy their boss that second yacht. So I thought this is a real kind of departure from that, somewhere you can really you know, make a difference. But the underlying premise of Stortcard is that finance on its own is really boring. You know, you see YouTube videos of unboxing exciting products and cool things. You never see an unboxing of a mortgage because it's really boring. Nobody wants a mortgage. They want the house. And the mortgage is the boring process in the way of getting that house. So within that, we had a realization that finance's true job is to enable lifestyle and to enable big life goals. As I said, with mortgages, great example, it helps you achieve the life goal of buying a house. Pensions help you achieve the life goal of retirement. But currently, there's nothing out there for having kids. 
even though it's one of the most expensive things you'd do. So on average, this money that it costs to take, well, I get you guys to actually guess. How much do you guys reckon it is? Uh, I'm not going to guess because I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank, thank you, okay. So what was the question? How much do you reckon it costs to raise a child from birth up to the age of 18 on average in the UK? I've got five of them. So uh, <laughs> I would guess it's probably, I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand. You're pretty much in the right ballpark. I mean, assuming no private education at all, you're talking on average around £150,000. Wow. So when you have one or two kids, I mean, that's almost a second mortgage right there. But nobody's out there trying to help people with this. So this is the starting point of Stork Card. And what we really want is to achieve and help people out. So I can go back to my kids and say, look, I've got two. I could have paid off my mortgage if I didn't have you two. <laughs> <laughs> It's Maybe always not. worth it. Yeah, it's always <laughs> worth it. It's one of those things that in our app when we were first designing it, we had done all the research and all the figures around it. And we looked at this figure and thought, God, that's a scary figure. In one of our first versions where we kind of highlighted that figure, one of the comments we got is, you guys have just created the single most useful, most effective form of contraception I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an interesting idea. I mean, I remember the feeling as I kind of walked out of hospital with my first child and it was like oh my god we're being let out into the world with another human being and i think you were sort of so focused on the you know that the kind of emotional having the baby you didn't kind of think about the finances but you know very quickly you know i remember the kind of worry of the bills building up and then suddenly you find yourself in a bit of a grace to have the best stuff and compete against other people in terms of what they've got. You know, it's a really kind of interesting thought. I can sort of see how it would have been incredibly helpful for me in terms of my circumstances. I definitely was in that camp. I was overjoyed that we had this, you know, wonderful child, etc. But then one of us has got to give up the job or both of us have to have jobs that exceed the payments that we'd give to somebody else to look after the child. You know, we really wanted to kind of, you know, one of us brings up the child as such, right? Mm. So, but that you're losing an entire salary, right? The emotions that you guys are talking about is where the focus really should be. You know, our tagline yeah, is yeah, focusing yeah. on the joys of having kids, not the costs. The Brilliant. reason why you have kids is it's not an investment. It's love. It's a product of building a family and, you know, having all those warm and happy feelings that will go on for the rest of your life. The finance bit is an unfortunate byproduct, which hopefully we're aiming to kind of minimise, automate and move out the way. So it's only the joy that is left to focus on. I love that. The finance bit is the byproduct, right? And that's such an important message for banks. I'm quite intrigued. I mean, what led you to the looking at this specific problem? Were you a parent at the time or was it your co-founder? Yeah, so it all started with my co-founder. So he was a partner at JP Morgan for 10, 15 years and saw from a very top level how the banking system worked from a corporate point of view and also how that trickled down to the retail side. So him and his partner had their first child and it was lovely and they had some savings. They took time off work to go on shared parental leave. They got all the stuff they needed. When the second one came along, it wasn't quite as easy as that. It came as a bit of a shock. The savings had been run down from the first one. And the real shame of it is that they couldn't take the full shared parental leave they wanted to purely because of finance, which seemed like a massive disappointment to them because they wanted to do it. It's really special for the child and them to spend that time together at the very beginning. 
So why is there no one out there to help with this? The year before I met my business partner, Andres, he was spending time talking to different users, talking to different other parents in their group and outside their group to really see what the real issue and the real problems were and what the issues were that could easily be solved no one else was solving. Everything was so different back then. But the real kind of issues he had really tied down to was just what you were saying, Dharmesh, about how when you have maternity leave or paternity leave, the income just slashes in half because one of you's got to look after the kids. And that's the first huge drop in income right there. And the second thing that comes later is the childcare once you go back to work. A quarter of mums in the UK don't go back to work after maternity leave purely because it's not worth it. You know, the cost of childcare is more than what they earn, which means that we all miss out, you know, from an economical point of view, the fact that less people going back to work from a career point of view. And also the Roundtree Foundation studies into the gender pay gap are finding that this is a massive symptom of it. Gender pay gap for years 30 years old and down for full-time work is pretty even. The actual disparity between men and women especially really starts to come out once people start to have kids and once people have to start taking maternity leave. Wow. I mean, you're right. So I love the problem space, right? The finance piece is part of the picture. I mean, I was really interested in the fact that your co-founder spent a lot of time talking to people and kind of getting insight. Yeah. One of the things Dharm and I have talked about is kind of design thinking. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that that I think is really interesting as part of this. If you're going to solve a problem, understand what that problem is. Completely. And that leads into the product as well, because the communication, the discovery is a huge part of it and what we've created. So how Storkcard sits today is it is a joint account that encompasses your entire support network and makes it easier for different people to get involved and help solve both the short term and the medium term financial issues that are coming together. The big problems that we were finding, having spoken to different users, is that different cultures deal with families in different ways. So one size fits all will not work. Some families are very together and share things and do hand-me-downs. And some families are very, very separate and everything needs to be prepared. They need to buy their own stuff and everyone doesn't necessarily even talk or feel they can ask for help as often. So with the Stortcard joint account, what it does is it works like any other fintech app that you'd expect. You know, it's got the freezing cards, it's got the categories, all the stuff you'd expect from a fintech app, like all the ones that are out there. But the joint account feature is much more advanced. It's not just two partners in a household. It's having the grandparents involved. It's having the uncles and aunts in. It's having the neighbor down the hall who looks after your child after school on a Tuesday. People were telling us that people want to look after their kids and help out. But there was real awkwardness about money. You know, if my brother wants to look after my child, he really wants to. But then when he's gone out for the weekend, gone to the aquarium, bought a juice box in an emergency, it's a bit awkward to say, hey, can you give me a bit of money? I sort of spent a lot of cash on this. So if they had a stock card as well with limited spending and controls from the parents, instead of having to spend money, ask for it back and be awkward about it, you just tap on the stock card because it's for the kid. What we realized when we released this feature is the use cases are much wider than we initially thought. We thought it was about getting the family involved, but because there's no debt facility at all on it, we're not connected to Equifax or any of the credit referencing agencies. And this opened up an opportunity which we didn't know existed around people who are co-parenting. When you speak to people who are not together in a relationship anymore, but bringing up a child together, a major issue around joint accounts is if one of them has a bad credit rating and the other one doesn't, they don't want to get a joint account because then they'll detriment each other. 
Whereas with Stalkcard, it's one of the unique accounts where you can get together. All the money that is due to be spent in the kid is in the middle. It's all transparent. It's all able to be seen. And it doesn't affect anyone's credit rating. And people who are co-parenting have found this to be really useful. We've had it used as a nanny expense account. We've had it used as a account for people to have their benefits put in to make sure that it's transparent. Everyone can see what's going on. And neither parent is wondering where it's going or what's happening because the benefits are going into mum's account or going to dad's account, etc. On top of that, the underlying engine of Stalkcard, as it were, is the machine learning aspect. You know, being a data scientist, there had to be something cool and sexy underneath to keep, you know, my real interest. So being an account that's very, very focused on kids and the cost of having kids, the transactions feed is a lot cleaner than a lot of other things. So if you had a Monzo account and you're using it for all the kids' expenses, you look through a whole lot of things that is, you know, what's it for? You know, you're trying to separate out your beers with your mates on a Friday night from what you're spending to quickly pop out and get some nappies to what you're going to spend as a family on a day out versus what you're doing with your mates on a day out. It's very, very muddy and it's hard to work out and get clean enough data to predict. Whereas because we've got this clean transactions feed, We've built a model that can predict most of the child-related costs up to two years in advance. So what this does for us as a company, we can see the top things that people are going to have to spend money on so that we can help them prepare, help them save, help them make sure they can bring their support network together to save all together. Everyone's put money in and make sure that nobody's going to unnecessary credit card debt. And for the customer, what it means is better transparency. When people are furiously Googling, and this usually happens around six months into the pregnancy on the first child, is everything starts with, is this normal, dot, 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 is what goes into Google, or am I a bad mum if, dot, dot, dot. And it's all just anxiety around, am I doing the right thing? As I said at the beginning, every family's different and every way of bringing up kids is different. And we never say, this is what you should do. What we do is we lay out some options and say, based on other parents who are very similar, these are the sort of things they'll be spending money on in about three months. That's always the thing. It's like, how much should I spend on X, right? Exactly. And that those answers, you know, you open our app and within a minute, you're looking at those answers on a very personalized, very predicted for your potential, your personalized circumstances for what we think is going to happen. I love it. I love it. You know, I've always loved this proposition since I first heard about it. And what I now understand about the AI is really special because, you know, this is what we said about bank accounts and banking is that it's a general purpose Swiss army knife that, you know, is designed for everybody for anything, which actually makes it, you know, very context. And if you're going to add AI to banking, it's like trying to create a general purpose AI. That's super mm. difficult. When you specialize AI and you narrow down the scope, we all know then that the AI can learn faster and be much better at what it needs to do because it's got a narrow scope. Yeah. The other thing that I think you've done really smart here is because of your narrow scope, right, you filtered out the transactions that makes the whole analysis of the data, you know, much easier. I mean, I just love it. I mean, it's yeah. a very solid proposition. Yeah. When you're looking at AI and machine learning, you know, certain circumstances, you can get into real danger and you have to really worry about accuracy. You know, if you're designing an algorithm to look at a CT scan, look for cancer cells, you know, the stakes are massive. If you make a mistake, people will die. With this stuff, and our success so far has been starting a decent model and getting enough data is always the most difficult bit. So with this, you know, if we're 
two months out. Your kid is going to need that high chair in four months instead of six months. That's not an earth shattering mistake. Whereas people will accept that and it still provides value to people, even though from an accuracy, precision, machine learning point of view, it's actually quite out. People can then correct it and say, hey, you know what? I probably need that in four months, not six. We take that into note and that data then improves the model over again. So there's a real advantage of the fact that we can provide high value to people without necessarily having to have a buttload of data to make it super accurate from day one, which has been a really interesting you know, way to build this. But I mean, one of the things that, you know, I'm hearing as well is that it starts conversations. So it's the unknown unknowns, isn't it, to quote a certain American politician. But if those can be surfaced, it just gets you thinking. It sounds like it provides a nice platform for conversation. So, you know, one of the things that I've been doing is some research around people talking about money. And, you know, it's a real problem. People find it very difficult, particularly in family groups, to talk about money. Whereas if you've got this as a kind of platform around a particular topic and the context, there's almost a script there in terms of here's yeah. some of the conversations you could be having with people around you. It's very, very powerful. Yeah, I mean, money is still the number one reason for divorce in this country. So hopefully you reduce that. It helps the health of the family in terms of the relationships they have, as well as the finance side. And it has that effect as well. It's also, you know, the number one point of stress for a large part of the population. I mean, there's stats from the FCA that more than half the population is financially vulnerable. If they have an unexpected large expense like a boiler breaking down, they've got to make a decision, fix the boiler or pay the mortgage, right? Yeah. It's that kind of pressure, right? Yeah, definitely. This is why I feel so good about Stockcard is the fact that from the very beginning, it had that aim and that mission that was ingrained in impact and really making things better. One of the most favorite features we've got in the app is the retail discounts, where we essentially save you money. We've got deals with over 60 different brands in the UK, and they give us a discount, which we can then pass on, meaning that you can get cheaper products. So when we first started this, it's very easy to just kind of go out and scattergun and go, hey, let's get everyone in. Let's get, you know, restaurants in. Let's get gift companies in. But really, you know, when you look at these things, do you need it? Do you want it? And is it a pure luxury? Obviously, that's not a decision for us as a company to make. That's a decision which you as a spender and as somebody taking care of your family finance needs to think about. And being responsible with what discounts are there and incentivizing you to save money on the things you need before incentivizing you to spend money on stuff you don't necessarily need and impulse purchasing was a real sort of realization for us to make sure that we're doing the right thing. We're helping people do the right thing for themselves. I mean, what I keep hearing from you, Bruce, is an excitement about the purpose, right? And this, I think, for 2021, one of my predictions is that purpose-driven organizations becomes, you know, a trend, right? And in that trend, what we're going to see is a load of companies that slap on a purpose to their company statement, you know, replacing the vision mission statement with a purpose-driven action plan, right? But actually, you know, the behaviors of the people don't reflect that. Coming clear from you is that this is why you're doing it. It's not because, you know, you think this is a fintech that's going to be the next unicorn. It's yeah. all about changing people's lives for the better. And that's exactly what the next gen is buying brands on. It's on what good does this company do for society? What good does this company do for the environment? What good this company does broader than just make money? Yeah. Those are some of the key criteria now. And I think you embody that really, really well. 
the aim of Stockcard, we are not a not-for-profit and we're not a charity. We are a for-profit yeah. company. And what I love about what we've created is we've made that bit work as well. If people improve their family financial health, if people make the right decisions and don't overspend on all the stuff at the beginning, because, you know, let's be honest, these cots, these prams, these high chairs, you know, they're going to be in the back of the garage by the time your child is four years old. So the decisions there and whether you go into debt to do these things, whether you make bad financial decisions there and where you have the right guidance to make those decisions will have an impact much further on. So, you know, our aims going forward is we're helping out at the very beginning of parents' life stage now, dealing with pregnancy, toddlers, childcare, preschoolers. However, our aim is to go all the way until your kids go to 18. So later on, we'll be talking about summer camps. We'll be talking about clothing that kids go through when you go through growth spurts we're going to be talking about school trips we're going to be talking about life insurance to protect your family we're talking about wills to make sure everything's sorted you know childcare financing ices and junior ices to save your children's future all of that stuff is what we're going to build into it and all of that becomes a lot more effective when people are financially healthy you know when they've got a great credit rating we can offer more products and giving them the expertise and guidance at the very beginning and getting their trust at the very beginning as well from a commercial sense is really important to us because we're almost building a market of people with long lifetime value who wouldn't necessarily be available otherwise because they wouldn't have been so financially healthy. We are helping them from an impact point of view, but we're also from a commercial point of view, we're helping ourselves build a market of people who wouldn't necessarily be eligible for the products that would we'll be offering them later anyway. I think that sort of commercialization point is so interesting. Most banks, they've completely missed that as a thing. Do you see a difference in behaviors between sort of first and second children? By child number five, there was nothing being sterilized. We skipped the buggy. We skipped <laughs> it went straight for the umbrella thing. And I just wondered if you kind of are sort of noticing anything in terms of behaviors as families grow. The general trend is that with the first child, people have a lot more savings to go back on. They've got a bit more money floating around, but they don't have as much experience on hand. So by the time you get to the second child or the third child, you have a much better idea what's going on. You're not sort of anxious and worried that things are going to go wrong because you know exactly what's going to happen. You just got to sit down and deal with it. But you have a lot less resources on hand because, you know, the average time between having kids is two or three years. So within that, you haven't necessarily had enough time to recoup all the savings that you've lost from going on half income when you're on shared parental leave or dealing with preschool childcare. Look, that's been really, really insightful. And as you know, I've spoken over the year that you're one of the poster childs that I use for experience-driven banking, and you totally embody that. You also, I think, set the mark now for how bigger companies need to behave when creating profit responsibly, right? It's been really fantastic to have you on the show, Bruce. Thank you so much, and thank you all for listening in. Lovely to meet you, Bruce, as well. And if you want to find out more, they can go to stalkcard.com. Yeah, and we're on both app stores as well in the UK, so both Apple App Store and Google Play. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been great too. Thank you for tuning in to Dave and Dan Demystify. We hope you join us next time and check back in the weeks ahead as we build our podcast vault on SoundCloud. Be sure to connect with Dave Wallace and Darmish Mystery on LinkedIn. And until next time, ciao and have a marvellous week.
The Dave and Dom Demystify Show is a production of NMD Plus, London, Chicago, and Austin, Texas.